0: You are listening to FPEA Connects, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.
1: Welcome to episode number 85 of FPEA Connects. I'm Suzanne and I'm here with Sharon. Hey Sharon. (laughs) I am so glad, we're so glad that you've taken the time to listen in today and we have a lot to talk about and things to catch up on around here. Um, Sharon and I, are here together for the first time in eight weeks, which is highly unusual. I've missed you. I know. (laughs) It's been a long eight weeks in a lot of ways. But just like all of you, we have had a stay-at-home order in place here in Florida, and it has been an experience, to say the least, Um, for both of us, Sharon and I, our work schedule, and the way that we do work has stayed the same. Mm Mm-hmm. But i want to ask you, what's the number one thing that you'd say has really like had an impact on you during the time
0: of coronavirus? <laughs> um, probably the same thing for most people, because like you said, my work doesn't change. I'm the mm-hmm. only one here and that sort of thing. So that didn't really change. But like not going to church and like just a trip to the grocery store and stuff like that being so different. That's really it. That mobility thing's yeah. a big deal, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being able to get out and go. I know
1: um, for us, that's we're together all the time, mm-hmm. right? And we homeschool, yeah. but it's been that aspect of not being able to go out and do the same things right. that's really had an impact. But, but what's something like? Is there anything like good that you've enjoyed? Has anything like been a part of your coronavirus normal? That, uh,
0: I would say that something that I think the coronavirus has, um, caused to become almost a habit is how much I've been reading. Uh-huh. I would have never read this much probably right. before this, but now with more time at home, um, I've read a lot more books. Huh? So, and it's almost... I've been doing it for however long. How long has this been going on? <laughs> well, I haven't seen you in eight weeks. I know. So it's so been about that long. I feel like I'm at the point where it's almost a habit now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it only
1: takes 30 days to yeah, I've make one or break one. right? B- book <laughs> reading new habit. New habit. Um, I think for me, like the good thing about it is it's been like the time together, but how we've been together. Because mm-hmm. like, so we we're together all the time and. You know, legitimately, my kids and I do everything together, whether it's traveling or volunteering or creating things, but it wasn't just the time together. I think it was the lack of anything else pulling us in other directions. Right. So, there was no classes or schedules you know, practices, we were together without worrying about, like, that next place. You have
0: a lot of hours in your day now to
1: fill. Yeah. <laughs> and we all have to think about, like, where we've got to go next. Right. Nothing's hurried because right. we're not rushing to get it done before we leave, you know? Right. So the time is more relaxed. We're distracted less. And in the process, we're doing a lot of things together that we just enjoy. Not things that we don't normally do, but just things that we have time to really enjoy more without thinking about that next thing, you mm-hmm. know? So we've been cooking together. We've been playing a lot of games and yeah. puzzles and stuff that as the kids get older, kind of fall a little bit more by the wayside mm-hmm. because they're so they're busy. busy. And um, so we've had fun with that. But the funny thing about this <clears throat> is that I know a lot of homeschool families who keep schedules that are so much more demanding than ours. Mm-hmm. You know, I deliberately have tried to stay off of that crazy schedule train because I like to have the freedom for us to travel and take short road trips, long road trips. And so I deliberately pick and choose very carefully, right? But I know that there's a lot of homeschool families that have um, a lot more demanding schedules. And I'm wondering if they are having some of the same feelings that I've been having, you know, you're like, you're ready to get back to normal, but you're kind of also going to miss the time that you have yeah.
0: too. Yeah.
1: So I kind of wonder about. There's that. There's a lot
0: of freedom right now in the. There is, the freedom of nothing filling your schedule. Mm-hmm. You eat dinner
1: when you want. You can do anything. <laughs> it's, yeah. Free it's time. really
0: relaxed.
1: Yeah. And um. But it's kind of it's kind of led me to this mindset. You know, when I'm hearing everybody saying, I just can't wait to get back to normal. I'm sitting there in my head and I'm like, no, 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 whatever you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, don't
1: go back to normal, right. right? Because I think that even in the the midst of all of the extremely bizarre experiences mm-hmm. of, our, of our kids and ourselves, because nothing's ever been like this during our generation, you know? No. But for us to experience all of this and to go through it and not take away some of the amazingly valuable bits that we've gathered Mm -hmm. that are good I think if that's kind of you know would be almost tragic so to me I feel like it's kind of like a reset and as we look towards the future and um have an opportunity to see things are going to move forward and there you know things will give us an opportunity Mm -hmm. to get back somewhat to our accustomed lifestyles and schedules. But embracing all of these little special moments and retaining some of that that you've enjoyed and and keeping that now as part of the the new normal, too, Mm -hmm. I think would be really...
0: I think Um, a lot of people will do that. I think they will. Because I think there's a lot about this that people have enjoyed, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, gave you time to see what you were missing or what you neglected or what you can incorporate now. I don't think that, I think most of us aren't going to go back to exactly the way things are. Yeah. Maybe we're going to go back to something better.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there will be that. Yeah. A lot. And I think, you know, um, not to play the the side of this where there's been you know a lot of scary things and loss of life but I think in the midst of the worst things
0: mm-hmm.
1: wartime and everything else we always find if you look back in history that the good things come out of that mm-hmm. too like you know mm-hmm. people find things that they grasp hold of that are good but uh anyway I could go on so many rabbit trails talking about like <laughs> yeah. the good things and and what to hold on to um and we may do that on some other podcast. I don't know But while we were together at home, we have um, been working on some stuff together that's been a lot of fun. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. And, you know, for years we have had an herb garden and my daughter has always had an interest in botany. She's 13 now. She's always had an interest in, you know, let's grow things, but for lots of reasons, That didn't happen um, for us because we didn't have the time that we needed to. We weren't home all the time. And, you know, all of that takes Mm -hmm. managing. But we did have, like, the basic three or four herbs that we would use Mm -hmm. to cook with. And so we've always had a little bit of that. Um, But during our stay at home, we started a victory garden. And it has been a really great thing for our family, our whole family, on so many different levels. But when I called it a victory garden, there was that little look that I kind of got, like, from my kids, like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So my son, being a a history buff, was familiar with the, the idea behind victory gardens. But that even just gave us an opportunity to have some discussions about the history Behind a Victory Garden. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that gave us a chance to learn and the best way that we do as homeschoolers by taking advantage of what we're doing. Yeah. Right? So, before we kind of talk about our Victory Garden, I was going to talk a little about the, the history. And I know you love history, yes. too. So, like, yes. the social history behind things mm-hmm. is always my favorite. Me, too. But um, the Victory Garden, and sometimes you'll hear it called a war garden. My grandmother, when she talked about hers would go back and forth between those two it was a victory garden but a war garden was a very common way for her to refer to it Mm -hmm. but it was a really a way for families to show patriotism during world war one and world war two and um you know during the war you always run into situations like having food crisis and supplies are needed for the military and for the front lines so there's a shortage of those things you know, in our country during that time or any country that's undergoing um, a wartime. And there's also, on top of that, a shortage of labor because men have left home to fight in war, women have left home, and they're off, you know, serving our country. So a household garden became like a patriotic way to support the troops and save money feeding your family during wartime. Mm-hmm. And it was during World War One that they were started, and they actually had, this was what was cool to me, they actually had the National War Garden Commission. So they had, you know, the government had created this commission to oversee Mm -hmm. the war gardens and they were promoting home gardening and food preservation. And the gardens became very popular, not just even here in the United States, but also in other countries like Europe and Canada, you Mm -hmm. know? So, but it wasn't until I guess, World War II that it really seemed to catch on. And, Like I said, there were food shortages that were a real cause for concern. Food rationing was common during the war. And when you face that kind of situation, you know, people begin to panic and have civil unrest even. So the government um, saw a need for the food and to meet the need of the shortages, but also to help people um, feel like they were being um, supportive of Mm -hmm. the war efforts. And to give them something to do that would boost their morale, mm-hmm. right? So the Victory Garden was born. And and it did work. So mm-hmm. during uh, World War II, some of the numbers that you'll hear, like they say that the Victory Garden supplied one-third of the food for the country. That's amazing. That's a chunk, yeah. right? Um, another number in Popular Mechanics Magazine in 1943 18 million victory gardens in the United States. And this is the part that really struck me. The majority of them were in the cities. Isn't that's, that interesting? That's
0: really amazing. <laughs> so, I wonder how they did. I would have liked to see how they did it. Yeah, I think what that. What their cities looked like.
1: Yeah, and I think that it would have to have been, of course, that you would have places that maybe mm-hmm. had community gardens that people worked from. And then I'm sure a lot of container, container gardens. Container gardens, Yeah. Perhaps. And so, for you to have $18 million and for the majority of them to be in the cities, I thought really struck me as is, is crazy. But this is even cool. The White House, Eleanor Roosevelt planted a victory garden on the White House lawn.
0: That's awesome. So,
1: very, it was very much to promote that sense of patriotism and mm-hmm. support. Um, one of the things that always draws my interest with the social history, again, is how do you get people to buy in? To this, like, how do you get people on board? Well, right?
0: typically it would usually be through um, not propaganda, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, campaigning but yes. and promotional pro- items and that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: and so of course there was the whole board with it? there was a whole um, campaign of right. posters, mm-hmm. pamphlets, booklets that they made to tell you how to garden. Even menus that you could create from the things you grew in your garden. <laughs> I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Some of Resources. Them were, Yeah, there were lots For of... For people like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there were lots of... And um, they also had um, groups of, you know, mostly women, because especially during World War II, it was mostly men that were le- left... Um, women left on the home front, I'm sorry, while men were at war. So, these women were teaching other women how to do all of this mm. on their own. Kind of like sewing scenes. clubs
0: and yeah. things maybe Yeah, similar.
1: Very much so. And uh, they had some great slogans that they used and some really cool things that they did. Um, one of my favorites was probably dig for victory. And, you know, like I said, the point wasn't just to grow the food, but it was to really make people feel like they were contributing and to boost the morale and patriotism and so even children were drawn into this they had gardens at their schools a lot of the time and they called the children soldiers of the soil and they would actually use posters and pamphlets to draw children Mm -hmm. and tea so everybody can be involved so um how did we get into this whole victory garden thing is probably the question Mm -hmm. um so i I find it interesting that some people have referred to our global pandemic as world war c right (laughs) world war c for coronavirus or covid of course um but i think just like the time of any other war gardening is good for boosting morale. Uh It's good to be outside. It's good to put your fingers in the soil and see something grow.
0: It's satisfying to produce something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, It's also good on the budget. I mean, it's a good source of food to have when you um, just, you know, even if you don't need to worry about a food shortage, but you know, we're not even shy of seeing some of those things During these weeks that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. gone through recently, there have been things in the store, you know, where shortage of Mm -hmm. toilet paper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can we grow that?
1: Can we grow the toilet paper? Uh, There's been a shortage of things that we've seen. And, you know, it's been like, you know, you need to think about that Uh or be sure to buy it when you see it. Because um, people are, are using things and our supply chain has been impacted. But so... You know, it makes sense, and um, it does give people that sense of doing something, and for my daughter, you know, like I said, she's 13, and there have been some emotional moments mm-hmm. with this. It was a good distraction.
0: Yeah, that's In good. that
1: sense for her, and you know to see something grow and to help something grow and to see pretty things and you know that leads me to one of the side things that I would mention when you grow Victory Gardens you grow food for the necessities but a part of Victory Gardens has always been growing the pretty flowers too because Mm -hmm. that made people feel Mm -hmm. good to see something beautiful even when you were looking at a war torn world or Mm -hmm. seeing a pandemic you want to still see the pretty things Mm -hmm. and so that's been really good um her but you know so we started our victory garden and um like the ones during the world wars Mm -hmm. we started with some basic things that we could use basic things that we always use like tomatoes and peppers and things Mm -hmm. like that and i think that that was what the the point of the victory gardens was to begin with the staples needed to be available for our families but um also, when you're looking at that, you have to think about what your family does actually eat. Don't grow tomatoes if you don't eat tomatoes. Right. right. But right. what your staples are, and there's so many things that we can grow mm-hmm. that grow pretty easily and pretty quickly um, to help start putting things, you know, on your plate. And again, to see something happen fast when you feel like the world is going to slow Pace. yeah you know you're watching yeah. things that are growing every day so some of our basics um just for an idea if people are interested in starting things and and we are not um professional gardeners so <laughs> we don't belong to any garden clubs or anything like that so we had to pick things that we could grow and grow pretty easily so we have a, a number of varieties of peppers we have several varieties of tomatoes Okra, eggplant, lettuce and celery. Um, We have so many herbs. I can't even name them all right now. Um, And, of course, we have planted flowers because those make us smile and feel good. But we are a poster child for the idea that you can really do this anywhere because we live in a community. We don't have any land. Mm -hmm. We don't have a yard even because of our, um, our community that we live in has basically just the flower beds between the houses you know and so we have had to grow everything in containers Mm -hmm. and we have a lot growing considering that and it works out really well so again you can do this anywhere and I think that that is one of the things that if you're interested in it don't feel like I don't have space for a garden right
0: right I'm thinking a lot of those city gardens you were talking about probably were just anywhere there was a tiny plot of dirt or yeah. a lot of containers
1: yeah and they weren't growing gardens big enough to feed the country was right. right? you know for themselves and so I think that that's another thing we're we're oversaturated sometimes with availability of mm-hmm. things but you can use you know uh, what you're growing and use it up as it as it comes and you don't even have to worry about things spoiling or going bad right but um of course another another great thing is if you have the space you can preserve the foods or can the foods or whatever you know which was another whole level of the campaign back during the world wars and that's great i don't have the kind of space to grow that much stuff so for me that's not real feasible right but it's a great a great plan if you have that um so i would suggest if you haven't already thought about it, jump on the bandwagon because there are so many things out there right now, Mm -hmm. um, that I've seen just articles that you can learn about the history of the victory gardens. You can get started on the very most basic beginner gardening, um, you know, information and go with it. And you learn as you go. Uh, you can get a lot of articles on what works in any kind of space, how to grow things in containers, how to grow things in the soil in the ground. Um, but this kind of thing, back when my kids were younger, this would actually like be a huge screaming moment for this would be a great unit study. Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It would <laughs> so be. It's a great unit study. But there are so many great gardening books for children and for adults. Garden journals are fun. We started a garden journal to keep um, just track of the growth of your plants what worked what didn't work where they needed to be in the garden so that they you know produce the best um that's a fun uh, activity to get involved in you can even if you don't stick with a garden for a long time even if you just work with basic things like growing your own herbs mm-hmm. um it's a great opportunity that we're in right now to talk about and to teach your kids about how the food, the supply chain for food works in america because uh-huh. Our kids are, in, a, you know, living in an America where they just go to the store and get whatever.
0: Yeah. They don't
1: even ever have to think about seasons of vegetables and any of the things that apply to that mindset. So for them to learn about the supply chain and how that works. Um, but the possibilities there are just endless. But... This that's just one of the things that we did that we will take with us into the next season Mm -hmm. because we have enjoyed it. We'll make time for it. Um, My husband is on board. So even those moments when we're gone doing other things, there will be somebody that will be tending the vegetables and tending the garden. Um, But, you know, we'll take time to continue to do that and expand that. And if you've been doing that or if you haven't been doing that and you want to get started, I just think that it's something that you can take with you um for a long time don't you need a victory garden sure. i think i'm gonna grow some herbs we'll get started yeah. on herbs we'll get you there there are some great herbs too yeah
0: That's i've grown amazing. herbs a couple times but now i'm thinking i might want to do something different
1: yeah they're fun yeah um, they are. and easy it is very really easy but i just i would encourage i know it's been a really unique time for our families and all of our children have been, have been like, sent home to be educated, right? Mm-hmm. And so as homeschoolers, like I said, these opportunities, like our Victory Garden, present, like, fantastic ways to just learn more at home or to learn something different while we're at home. And I know multitudes of people who all of a sudden got a Home Ec credit this year <laughs> <laughs> because they were cooking and doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know that today that some of the people who are listening may have found themselves in that position where they had their kids at home and they were educating at home and it wasn't the original plan, but they're finding themselves enjoying this time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. thinking this is something they want to do from here on out. Maybe that's what becomes a part of your new normal is that you're going to start homeschooling. And so if that's who you are, or if you were just tapping in and you've been homeschooling for a long time, we want you to get connected to FPEA. Uh, If you're considering homeschooling at all, Or if you're fully engaged, we just want you to know that FPA is your resource for homeschooling in Florida, all of your homeschooling needs. Uh, We have a multitude of events. We have a multitude of resources on our websites um, that can help you as you start to homeschool your children or as you continue to homeschool your children. Uh, So check out our website. It's www.fpa.com. Great opportunities, exciting resources there. Also, you can follow us on Twitter facebook pinterest or instagram uh, for a lot of other great tidbits and right now we have just rescheduled our convention for 2020 to june 18th through the 20th and that means you have time to register for our convention and to be a part of this and if you have started a victory garden you need to find me and we need to talk about that at convention <laughs> because that's exciting but thank you for joining us today thank you sharon for talking with me about gardens yeah, all sounds right like fun Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed our show and will join us next time for FPEA Connects. You can find us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about FPEA, visit us at our website, fpea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, stay connected.